Hey, church family, it's Chris and Tiffany, and we're excited to bring you this next podcast. We have been praying for you as you have been working through this journey of leadership and training in the things that we feel are fundamental to being part of the new song community, especially in leadership. Today, we want to open up the topic of deacons and especially deacons in a comparative way, comparing deacons with elders and what that actually looks like. Now, we talked a little bit about elders when we discussed the fivefold in our previous podcast. And so we're going to be pulling that up a little bit today, but more in a comparison sense as we look at how we believe the New Testament differentiates between pastors and deacons or elders and deacons. So the first thing is just that reminder that when we say elders, according to the New Testament, we're talking about pastors. We're talking about those who are shepherds. And so the biggest distinction when we look at deacons versus pastors is if an elder is a shepherd of the soul, a shepherd of persons, a deacon is a shepherd of things. And so the deacon has responsibility, stewardship responsibility over everything outside of people. Now, this obviously directly and indirectly affects people, but in their deaconing role, they're not shepherding hearts. They're stewarding everything else. So when we're talking about this, obviously we're talking about it within the context of the church, both in the church at large, capital C, and in each, for our case, microchurch. We have elders or shepherds or pastors, and we have deacons. And the deacons are those who manage, steward, and oversee the church. All right, so let's go back to where this all started in the book of Acts chapter 6, where the idea of deacons is born. And the setting was, we have a new church, we have the apostles out preaching and teaching, and as the church is growing, the apostles are also ministering in service to the new believers. Yeah, specifically what they're realizing is that there's a problem that arises in the distribution of food to widows. And the Hellenistic Jews or the Greek-born Jews complain that their widows aren't getting the fair treatment that they believe they should get compared to those who are Israeli Jews, as we would think of them today, or born in Israel. And so they're seeing this differentiation. So basically, there's this complaint that rises that says, hey... Our widows aren't getting treated as fairly. We need to do something about this. The apostles realize that this is actually the case because they respond in a way that says, we need to take action. And their action is to create this office of a deacon. Peter's point here is he says it's not right for us as apostles. He's talking about he and the other apostles. It's not right for us to spend all this extra time serving tables and neglect the ministry of the word. Now, from this, unfortunately, we've developed a little bit of a paradigm regarding deacons, and that is that we view deacons today as table servers, or those that set up for functions, or those that show up early to unload and and load. And so we've relegated the office of deacon in many ways to this kind of service. And the The problem with that is that I believe it misses the point. It actually misses Peter's point, I believe, because 
What Peter is looking for is a way to release the apostles to stay connected with their direct calling. And this is not possible as long as they're doing anything else. And so the purpose of the deacon is to fill that anything else role so that the apostles can stick with that primary objective of preaching and teaching the gospel. So when we look at the deacons through that lens, we can broaden it today because there's so many other responsibilities and duties and requirements for us as the church to keep moving in such a way where the fivefold ministry leaders can act in their calling. This is especially important as we pray into and consider what it looks like to reach our city with the gospel, because we have two aspects to reaching the city. We have the spiritual aspect of intercession, of prophetic intercession, of gaining strategy from heaven's perspective of really beginning to cast vision for those in our microchurches of how the Lord is speaking to us regarding loving the city, meeting their practical needs, and then sharing the gospel with them. But alongside that comes the very practical things the deacons are going to be the ones overseeing those things. Obviously, there will be people who are running in their giftings and in their callings to spearhead what God has called them to spearhead. But the oversight for that practical aspect of those things will fall under the deacon's authority and management. And this is exactly one of the reasons why Peter specified that these individuals should have wisdom. The purpose of the deacons is to wisely manage whatever tasks need to be done in order to free up the spiritual leaders, to devote themselves to their obligations. So let's look at this in, uh, practically speaking, in regards to what church often looks like today and the kind of church environment that most of us come from in the traditional setting where a pastor, for example, would also have administrative duties as a hiring manager, as a manager in general, as a coach, as as, an overseer, as an overseer, as the person who is resetting the chairs in the sanctuary because nobody else is there to do it. These are the kinds of things that contribute to all the problems that we've talked about earlier about statistically how pastors burn out. And one of the reasons for this is because many pastors don't have these types of administrative gifts and abilities, and so they're acting outside of their wheelhouse and they burn out. Whereas when you bring someone in who is fully capable to do this because it's part of their gifting, it's part of their skill package, they love doing it. They do it well and they come up with better ideas. So that's one of the things about a person who uh, would be a good candidate for the role of deacon. This is an individual who, generally speaking, sees how things are functioning and thinks of a better way. They can't help themselves. They're in a meeting and they're thinking there's a better way to do this meeting. They're on a task force and they're thinking, actually, there's some better systems that we could put in place here. They, they can't help themselves. It's kind of like how the shepherd can't help him or herself, that person is always wondering how this person is doing. They're, they're checking in on people. They're asking about their lives. 
They're checking in on their hearts in the same way the deacon is constantly thinking through better ways to do things, better ways to manage time, resources, finances, etc. Which is exactly why when the apostles decided to choose deacons in Acts chapter 6, they chose men full of wisdom. Mm, yeah, that's right. And not only to be full of wisdom themselves, but to have the gift of wisdom to discern others that carry that same gift. So another thing is that the deacons recognize those who walk in that same kind of wisdom and can raise them up and call them up. You know, the other thing about deacons, and this this comes up now and then, okay, I feel like I'm a pastor, but I also have these administrative gifts. Is it okay for me to be a deacon, even though I have this pastoral calling? And the answer is yes, absolutely it is. One of the things to point out about a deacon and the role of a deacon is that it's not a call. It's actually an elected office. So deacons are answering a need, but at the same time, they still have a unique call on their lives. And and if that's a, a leadership call or a pastoral call, they should be walking in that call. But if they have the time and if they have the ability and if they have these skill sets, they can answer a tremendous need in the church functioning as a deacon. Yeah, I think it's really exciting actually to look at some of these first deacons that served the church in this very practical oversight way, because what they were known for was not their deaconing, so to speak, but they were actually known by reputation for the power of the Holy Spirit that they walked in. When we look at Stephen, Stephen was known for the signs and wonders and bold preaching that he demonstrated everywhere he went so much so that he actually became the first martyr because of his bold proclamation of the gospel and his unwillingness to back down from the truth. Which is interesting because we think of Stephen as the church's first martyr. Nobody thinks of him as the church's first deacon. Exactly. He was, though. He was acting in that office. But what we know him for is his calling. How about Philip? Same thing. Yeah, exactly. Philip, who was also a deacon chosen at that same time, was known for evangelism. We often hear him termed as Philip the Evangelist because he would go out to other areas outside of Jerusalem and share the gospel in mighty and powerful ways. We also, or most of us, are familiar with the story of how he met the Ethiopian eunuch on the road, how the Holy Spirit told him, go share the gospel with this man. This man immediately responds to the gospel and is baptized right there in a puddle on the side of the road and Philip gets whisked away to the next place the Holy Spirit has him to go. So here we go again. We've got somebody known as Philip the Evangelist. I don't think he's ever been called or even known as Philip the Deacon. Right. So this is not his identification. Right. This is not his calling or his purpose. Nevertheless, it's a necessary office. It's a necessary function in the church where someone with those skills brings them to bear at the time of need to advance the kingdom. And I think one thing I would like to add, too, is that for someone who does have these skills, often the Lord can bring them in to service to the body 
through the office of a deacon. And that actually becomes a training ground for them. It becomes a training ground to meet the needs of the church, to go low, to serve because they have those skills. But the Lord actually uses that then as a springboard for their calling because he's trained them to meet the very practical needs of the church, to walk in humility, to go low. And that actually releases the Lord then to promote them, so to speak, in their calling because they've learned how to serve in the very practical ways of the church. So oftentimes deaconing can actually be a place where someone might start by using the practical skills that the Lord has given them, but that will take them to a place where he's able to promote Mm. them in their gifting and calling in a way that he would not have been able to do had they not first learned how to go low and serve. That's good. Let's talk about briefly some of the ways that a deacon is incredibly useful and needed today. For example, communication. A deacon can think through how a church communicates and can come up with solutions to better facilitate communication, to make it more effective and to make it less time consuming. So a deacon is going to be aware of, for example, apps and social media and some of those kinds of things. You you might be a person who's particularly gifted at knowing which of those formats are best for what purpose. And so we can employ those things to help us and a deacon will help guide us through that. Also, for example, if you have somebody who's particularly gifted in business or specifically in finances, Someone who sees ways to handle money that the rest of us don't. And a deacon board that includes people who really know how to handle money, are those people are going to be coming up with creative ways on not only how to utilize our funds, but better ways of raising funds, better ways of supporting those who are dependent on support, better ways of investing better ways of using the resources that we have. Absolutely. Multiplying the kingdom resources that the Lord has put in our hands. Yeah. So instead of those kinds of things being on the shoulders of those who are supposed to be shepherding people, those who are supposed to be teaching us and equipping us, etc., deacons come to the rescue and eliminate that burden for the pastors. So We need deacons. We need those who carry this gift and walk in wisdom, are filled with the Holy Spirit. They also know their calling and they can walk in that calling on a day-to-day basis. But when it comes to their time serving the church, they're able to employ these unique gifts in such a way that free up the spiritual leaders to expand the kingdom. And then one last thing uh, that needs to be mentioned about deacons or as far as a board of deacons is concerned is that board being partnered with a prophetic individual. At least one prophetic individual, preferably more than one. And the reason for that is that the prophets in the house have that incredibly important function of hearing the now word of the Lord, what we would call the rhema word of the Lord, and sharing it with those who are in that stewarding position for the practical aspects of the church. So that if the Lord is speaking something specific in regards to the practical function of the church, the prophets will be able to team up with the deacons and come up with solutions that are both practical 
and in alignment with how the Holy Spirit is speaking for the church in that particular moment. So that teamwork between the prophets in the house and the deacons in the house is incredibly important. And that's something that we actually don't see a whole lot of in the church today. Even just practically with regard to decision making, if you have, for example, a decision to make regarding a purchase, real estate, that sort of thing, the deacons come to the table with their gifts of wisdom and they come with their administrative gifts and they see a way through things. But the prophetic eyes and ears need to be there also because they know the now. Exactly. Timing is important and there might be factors in the spirit or factors in what the Lord is doing in the kingdom that the prophets are picking up on that perhaps the deacons are not quite aware of because their focus has been on the practical aspects of what God is doing. Yeah, so that's a little bit of a different take on deacons and their role in the church today and how you would look at a deacon in comparison with an elder. An elder being that pastor, that shepherd of people, a deacon being that shepherd of things, that steward of all things practical. That's it. And we're so grateful that you joined us today. Yeah. And we hope that this inspires your thought process regarding your calling, your giftings, and how the Lord wants to use you in his church. 